It's a phenomenal story. And as I was studying it this week, I noticed that Matthew had a different account. And you look at the book of Matthew, 27 verse 44, it says this, in the same way the robbers who were crucified with them, robbers, both of them, with him also heaped insults on him. So you would think that it's actually a contradiction of Scripture because one of the thieves rebukes the other thief, turns to Jesus and says, remember me, that thief gets saved. But it's not a contradiction of Scripture. It's not a contradiction issue. It's a timeline issue. You see, during the time on the cross, that thief was just like the other thief. Vile and evil, hurling insults at Jesus. But at some point, while he was on that cross, he has a moment of clarity. And because of that moment, and that's all it takes, is one split second to have a moment of clarity. And his decision to cry out to Jesus and his decision to get saved and Jesus' response gives hope to every last-minute conversion that has ever taken place since Jesus. My mom was a thief on the cross, got saved four months before she passed away. And I'm, I know that one of the first persons that she's going to look out and look for in heaven is that thief that she'll have to thank. See, the thief on the cross brings us hope, and the religious hate the thief on the cross. You see, at some point, in a split second, after hurling insults at him, that thief has a fork in the road, crossroad, eternal life-altering decision to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can too today. The thief on the right, thief on the left, with eternity at stake and hanging in the balance. There's no time left. No time left. This is, this is way... Anybody watch the, the first game of the NCAA last night? Anybody catch that game? I got two fans in here. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. San Diego State was down a point, losing the whole game, done with, and they get the ball with seven seconds left. A guy starts dribbling around, and then he takes this desperation shot with a half a second left. They're down a point. If the shot goes in, they win. The shot misses, they lose, and they're done. They're finished for the season. There's no time left. The shot goes in, everyone went crazy. Okay, there's no time left for these. This is, this is, this is double overtime. There's no time left here. Two guilty thieves, but one took a side of the cross, and it begs the question for us today, and let me ask you, which side of the cross are you on? Which side of the cross are you on? The first one said, we're not that bad. The second one said, oh, yes, we are. See, your understanding of sin will determine which side of the cross you're on. And many don't understand the issue of sin. The issue of sin is never measured against somebody else, but against the holy standard of God. Listen, God was holy, is holy, and will always remain holy. And God can never be in the presence of sin. But thank God that Jesus Christ forgives us of our sin, becomes our sin, died and defeats our sin. That's good news. On one side of the cross, there was a thief 
who didn't understand who the man in the middle was. The second one finally did. The first thief jeering at him, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Making fun at him, mocking him in his identity. The second thief eventually came to the point in his life when he realized this is no ordinary man. There's no ordinary man. The first thief wanted to be delivered from his present situation. He said, save yourself and then come get us. You get off this cross, you take us with you. You get out, we all get out. The second thief understood that the issue was bigger than how bad things are in their present situation. He had a kingdom. He was somehow thinking kingdom thoughts. He said, remember me, watch this, when you come into your kingdom. Because he understood that there was something beyond his present situation. He understood that there's an eternity out there that he's going to have to face. See, most people want Jesus to deliver them from the cross of their current situation. Deliver me from this relationship issue, financial issue, work issue, health issue, political issue, abuse issue, worry issue, anxiety, addiction, strong, whatever. Deliver me from all these problems, not understanding that Jesus wants to deliver you from your eternal issue. You see, you let Jesus save you from your eternal issue first, and then all these other problems you're facing have no chance against the power of God now that you have resurrection power on your side. Amen? This is the scene on Palm Sunday. This is exactly what happened. The millions that were there, they wanted to be delivered from their current situation. See, the first thief operated from a place of fear. The second thief maybe understood for the first time in his life the fear of God. The first thief makes a decision of hate. The second one makes a decision of faith. The second one said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answers the second thief, truly I say to you, today, everyone say today, you'll be with me in paradise. You know, in those two sentences, your life could be transformed. Your life could change today. Just in those two sentences. Notice the thief didn't have time to get baptized. Notice the thief didn't have time for works, to fix the mess he had made, to get things right, to do another Bible study, to find out the Greek word for this, the Greek word for that. He didn't have time to make restitution. He didn't have time for any of those things. You know, there seems to be plenty of confusion about what gets us in heaven these days. And a lot of people still today think that their good works will get them over the finish line. And all this thief did was look and turn to Jesus. He said, remember me. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, remember us, like the first thief. He said, right now, I need a personal savior. Remember me, I've sinned against you. I am justly condemned. And I've come to grips with the fact that I've offended a holy God and I'm asking you to remember me. Friends, I wanna tell you today, you may have a mother, you may have a father on the right side of the cross. But if you don't come to Jesus and say, remember me, so that he's your personal savior, your personal redeemer, Mommy, daddy, your denomination, your church, your baptism certificate, they can't save you. You have to have an encounter 
at the cross. You have to have an encounter with Jesus. Listen, here's, here's, here's a question I always ask a lot of people. I say, when was the day that you knew that all your sins were forgiven? When was the day that you knew that you passed from death to life, that you were saved, that you accepted Jesus Christ, confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart? And if the first thought that comes to your mind is the church that you go to, this message is for you. Church is not the answer. Church helps. We're to be a part of a growing church, but the church can't save you. Steve can't save you. I can't save you. Only Jesus can save you, and it has to be your decision, your decision alone. The thief understood he had nothing to offer God, and he had no human remedy for his eternal need, and you don't either. So are you still thinking your works are good enough and God's going to change his mind and change the rules when he sees you? Listen, if you could be that good, Jesus wouldn't have to die. He could just wait on you to get better. The reason he had to die is because on your best day, you're still unacceptable before a holy God. Listen, from one thief to another. I wouldn't trust the best 10 minutes of my life to get me in heaven. I wouldn't trust the best minute of my life to get me in heaven. I'm a grateful thief. This thief, he was a bad, evil, and vile man. But right smack in the middle of his evil and vile life, he turns to Jesus. All he says is, remember me. Yes, I've robbed. Yes, I've killed. But Jesus, remember me. You know, you know what's in that thing? You know what's in that request? Faith. You see, you don't need a lot of faith to believe in a big God. He didn't have a lot of faith. He had maybe a mustard seed to wring out. Remember me. Remember me. See, the thief asked Jesus to remember him, believing that Jesus would resurrect him and save him and welcome in him into his kingdom. He said, Savior. He calls Jesus by name, which means Savior. He says, when you come into your kingdom, this is a kingdom moment. It's a kingdom moment. He believed that Jesus wasn't going to stay dead. That's faith. Do you believe that? When you die, you aren't going to stay dead. I'm, listen, a lot of people, my brother Ryan said it the other day, a lot of people claim to be this and that. But they didn't defeat, they stayed dead. Okay, I'm not going to follow someone who stayed dead. Jesus didn't stay dead. He came back. That's why, I, listen, Friday, Friday, let me tell you something. Friday will be, good Friday will be upon us, but Sunday's coming. Someone say, Sunday's coming. Come on now. Someone say, Jesus, thank you for not staying dead. You're alive. He's alive today, people. He, you know, my sister called me one time, driving around. Got a big cross on the rearview mirror, Jesus hanging on it, hits a bump, Jesus falls off the cross. She calls me up and said, Bill, Jesus fell off the cross. What does that mean? I said, whatever you do, don't pick him up and put him back on. Okay. <laughs> Keep him off. He's alive. Okay? He's alive. Listen. When you get there, Jesus, remember me. Not us, me. Truly, I say to you today. Today's a key word. Listen, there's no candle waiting to be lit when you die to take you from one place to another. 
There's no prayer that can be prayed to lift you from one place to another. When you breathe your last breath and you hear that buzzer and the bell rings and the game of life is over, there's no priest that can alter your eternal destination. You're either in or you're either out. Jesus said today, which means that Jesus didn't wait till Sunday to rise from the dead. He rose today, that day. Jesus' body rose on Sunday, but spiritually he never died. The physical body of Jesus died on Friday, and it's not uncommon for people to refer to Jesus as the God-man, and because he became the God-man, Jesus was spiritually alive the second he breathed his last breath. So will you. On Friday, he gave his life for our sins. On Sunday, resurrection day, victory day, death, where is your sting day? He is risen day, therefore I am forgiven day. Jesus was busy resurrecting others and proving he could do what he said he would do. Sin lost that day. The devil lost that day. The world lost that day. You won. Jesus won. Heaven won. And we're victorious and more than conquerors through Christ who defeated the death and the grave. The reason you want to be on the right side of the cross is to be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Don't you want that? That's the blessed assurance. That guarantees, that the, it's the guarantee that Jesus makes when he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So where are you going to spend eternity? Good Friday, Palm Sunday, Easter, this, this, it's, all about, it's all about salvation and heaven and where we're going to spend eternity. It's all about victory. And let me ask you again, which side of the cross are you on? To the thief who missed it, there was no conversation because there was no connection. Most importantly, repentance. 